Hello and welcome to the Women's Rugby League podcast. I'm joined by SNC to the stars, Matt Heaton. If you're involved in the women's game, you know him, you know what he does. Matt, how's it going? Uh, it's not too bad, pal. Uh, nice and uh, relaxed after watching the Magic Weekend. That was good. Interesting thing when it comes up at the end of Magic Weekend when they're going on, might have to rethink the old format and structure. Uh-huh. Out. That's one of the better Magic Weekends I've ever had on the field. I know. It's, I'm hoping to take a leaf out the women's game and bring in like a nines. Like, I think we've had good success <laughs> in the women's game. Um, if they do get rid of Magic, I want them to replace it with something. And nines to start a season off, uh, I think it would be fun. Just get everyone some fitness from the men's game. and It would be good just to see them take something from the women's game for once. I, I hope if they, when they do Niners next season, it, they actually just, even if it's just an R-League tripod commentated on match after match and it's actually streamed because the highlight reel you could get off it would be unbelievable. It'd sell the sport better than anything else that ever could. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, second win and I'm guessing Jody and the people who are organising it are looking at options of what they could do because it's a... Vicky Park, it was second year. I think there's only three pitches that they're using, so you could literally yeah. have three, like you say, track set up, get some media students in, giving them as like a uni or college project. And yeah, I think it's, it's, the nine stone is fantastic. Just seeing all the teams in one venue uh, on one day. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot they could do with it, but I think for how much it's grown from last year, this second year was fantastic to go and watch and seeing more teams get involved and. I think it gave everyone a taste of what some of the Southern and Midlands teams could do going into that Challenge Cup. So that was interesting to watch. This one of them as well. You, you throw in other teams and their first real bite of playing any form of competitive women's rugby is nine. So you go, they'll build off the back of that forever. Yeah. <coughs> I think it's, if, it's, if it is your first rugby league and next minute you're stood lining up against England players in yeah. a harder format of nines. It's definitely an eye-opener. Um, but you can only wait your appetite, and if you don't want to play against those kind of players, then, you know, you're probably in the wrong sport because it's, uh, it's not it's not a sport where you come and mess about and just say you're just going to have a, a kick about for, for one game. If you're going to be in and you go into games like that and you're playing those big players, you've got to want to be on there. I thought I had the television. I was like, it's hard enough to get the normal women's game on television let alone... Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. For television, they're wanting guaranteed numbers. They want to know how many people are turning up, how many people are watching week in, week out. If one team are going, oh, yeah, we had a 1,000, and then the official figure's 300, they're going, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. You want X for us? You're lying to us? You're like, we can't... You yeah. can't do business like that. And like, yeah, there's, there's a lot they can do with it, and... I think as Jody and them lost start analysing what goes on after the finals, uh, they'll be able to make a lot of good decisions to push the game on. And I think it was interesting. I watched uh, the final Fev game at the Nines and just watching how many young players they were able to put on and give debuts to. And yeah, I was just talking to other coaches and saying they were bringing people back from injuries or other people were trying new positions or getting some, some of the forwards, some big minutes in the Nines. That was interesting to see how much people's fitness had come on in 
So yeah, it was, it's a it's a good day all round. And just good to go and have a chat with different coaches, see what's going on, see how people are progressing, and yeah, it's only it's only good for the game. It must have, that must have been a record this year for the amount of players debuting for teams, because a lot of teams went. If you're in the under 19s, we're looking yeah. at you for squad players all going to play later on. We're going to give you a role today. You're going, yeah. to, you're going to go get some minutes, yeah. and we're going to see how you do under under pressure with big players opposite you. Yeah, and it's only going to help those younger players with the confidence as well to just give them a little bit of a flavour to show them that look, you can compete at the highest standard. And some of these players aren't invincible. And if you apply yourself for the next twelve months, you can make big inroads and start pushing for a full sort of Super League Championship debut uh, by just that, just showing some commitment. And that's it. Like there's so many players, but over the years have stepped up. Like they're great for youth. Gone into the full women's game, and they're just for for me. It's all, Caitlin Beavers was great as a youth player. Was fantastic. <clears throat> She goes to women's rugby and it suits her better. Yeah. And I think last was at Warrington, we, we'd got through to the nines and I think on the day of the finals, we were playing Fev, I think it was, on the same day. So we had to send a separate team to play at Salford in the finals and we gave a debut in that to young Shannon Stevens. And I remember she scored a try, I think, it was against Catalan, where she's gone 50, 60, 70 metres. And it was on one of like the RFL's try of the week contenders. Um, a few weeks later, she found herself lining up for a debut against Cass. Uh, sorry, against Wakey. Uh, Wakey. Uh, I think she scored a hat-trick or four tries in that game, purely based off she'd gone in to play the Nines tournament, didn't shy away, and put her name in the hat. And then, like I say, a few weeks later, she's lining up against Wakey at Wakey all the young girls from her team in the Lunas, they'd come over to support as well. And it was really good to see someone use the nines for what they were trying to use it for at the time and push on. And she's actually played a fair few games so far this season as well. So it's really, really good to see. It is because you go like that, you, you make your debut. Some players won't be ready yet and that's just how sport is. Some players will revel in it. They go on, you might not play week in, week out, but you put your name in the hat. Permanently, they're going to get looked at by the coaches differently now because they know you're at that level. Fantastic. Yeah, 100%. We need Catalan back as well. Yes. And then they just had something different to it. And it's always good. Like the girls were really nice when they came over. Um, and again, it makes it international. And hopefully, there's some more teams will start going over to play in Catalan as well. I know Cass used to go over uh, when they had yeah. that link with them. Um, and I think it's something that other teams should be looking to explore and pushing out and you know, expanding the game as much as they can. So, yeah, there's, there's loads of options that they can go with. And I think it's it's going to be interesting that we were able to see the first one and watch how the nines evolves and, you know, will the men take it on? Because I know a few years ago, I think the men's NRL did it. They had a nines tournament, I think, but to start one of their seasons off, which I know a lot of the teams just used as fitness. And that was fantastic to watch. You got like so that, yeah, there's a lot that that Nines World Cup they had, which were tele again it was at the end of the season. There was no televised matches. All of a sudden, you had the grand final a few weeks after you had the Nines World Cup. And the Nines World Cup, the way they set it out was just so perfect. Everyone got yeah. paid the same. Everyone got treated the same. 
Your squad pictures included men and women. Yeah, it's good to watch it. And I think, uh, was it Kelsey make the the famous tackle in the nines? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Where she chased, was that the one? Yeah, it was Kelsey where she chased someone back for like 19 metres and tackled her like a metre from the try line. Yeah, because it would like the most viewed thing. And I was like, I remember talking to Kelsey, but I was like, I went, but you've done, you've scored more impressive tries than that tackle you made. It doesn't even show how good a player you are in that. That, that was just one of them things where you want to see what heart is. You want to see what it means to someone at that moment. Watch that. I think that's what it is because I know um, some nines coaches when they're putting tactics out will just say if someone makes a break, just let them have it, save your legs, like don't run yourself into the ground. But she was having none of it on that day and chased her down. And yeah, it was just like you say, great attitude, great heart. So people can do special moments from chances like that. Yeah, in Union 7's similar format, it's, that's more basketball way. If you've got the ball, you score on your set, you try and stop them on theirs, but you, you kind of... It's going to be down to one or two between you. So if you've, if you've saved one or two tries, you've probably won the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot uh, that's going to be interesting to watch over the next few years and... And then just the evolution of the sport on the whole, it's, it just keeps growing year after year, doesn't it? And the talent's getting better, the, the team participation, more teams coming into the Challenge Cup. So, yeah, it's been it's been interesting to watch so far this season. It'd be, it'd be good to see if there were. I know there's the Cup, which is for everyone underneath Super League, everyone who didn't get into Challenge Cup. It'd probably be nice to see. I don't know if it were logistically or financially, because it is a lot of money travel between the Southern teams and the Championship but it'd be nice if there was a Southern Cup as well so everyone who don't go into Challenge Cup yeah. can have one and then you can go oh, okay we've got the likes of North Ark Crusaders we've got Leamington we've got Bristol who are set up we're going to put them in and see what happens with them and then you, you've obviously got the Cup for a Championship and down yeah I think it's just financial at the minute and as hopefully more sponsors come into the game more opportunities will come up more chances to play different teams around the country and yeah it's an exciting time to be in the sport well I look I'm looking at what Coventry Bears were doing and I was like the person they've got in charge is massively experienced in rugby in general she's run some very big clubs she's come in day one right how do I set this up she's been a real nerd about it she's Yep, this is I need to get, I need to hit tick all these boxes, and if I can do all that, we'll have a good team here. Yeah, and that's all it is. There's there's plenty of blueprints out there for how successful teams have been set up, but also how teams have set up and then you know failed for whatever reason. As long as teams were setting up and learning from the bad and the good, then hopefully they'll be able to push on that Coventry Bears. Like you say, she seems to be doing a lot of good things. Uh, she's done her homework, um, if they can push on. and It'll be good to actually see one of the Southern Midland teams go somewhere in the Challenge Cup. I know yeah. Cardiff did really. Um, hope, I'm not too sure who they've got in the next round, but it'll be interesting to see who they go up against and how they actually compete. So well, I've been be, having a few weeks away. That'd be, I'm not too sure. That'll be the interesting thing for next season because we've got more women's teams than ever. We could have a pre-season Challenge Cup for the lower league teams and go, right, you're going to earn yourself a, a 
shot of actually qualifying for the main thing now, whether we take the groups to groups of five. And because the, the army could compete in that, guaranteed they could compete in that. They have a squad who could do it, and you go, there probably, probably is one or two teams out there that could probably string two or three matches of good quality together to spring somebody. Yeah. I think it's also with teams like the Army, Cardiff, and even Barrow to an extent, when you've got the travel on top. It's hard. You've gone down there, you've been on a coach for two, three, four hours, I know the Fev one to Cardiff. That was a nightmare drive. Warrington did the Army last year. I think it was all the way down at Aldershot. So you're on the coach for hours, and then when you turn up, your legs are heavy. So, you know, there is a chance as well of those teams actually upsetting. And like we saw with Cardiff, they, you know, Fever, a great side, but had to do the drive over to Cardiff, and Cardiff have just pipped them. For whatever reason, like, that drive had to have been a factor. And it's just something that, you know, teams are going to have to do when you're going away. Like, they've got to do it when they play their away fixture and get over the, the distance and, you know, legs feeling heavy from being sat on a coach until um, there's more money in the game where people can afford to stay over from the night before. I think we're gonna see, we could see some shock results and, yeah, it's interesting. Well, Cardiff's the interesting one because they're probably the biggest crack that rugby league will ever have at Wales properly. Yeah. As in they're not going to be a team that's yeah. stuck in League One for eternity till the fold and they're not going to be a team that goes into Super League and get beaten week in, and pay massively over the odds for players. They can grow organically. Yeah. They also feed into, I know they don't like it being said, but a lot of the Wales team play for that squad. They don't like that being said. Some of the players get upset about it. So I apologise, but you do well. The national team does well. People get behind yeah. it and they get behind one and the other. And it grows and grows and grows. And before you know it, it could be a powerhouse. Yeah. And like we saw, they've announced at the, the end of the season, obviously England are going to play Wales Yeah. Um, in that friendly. And I think it's going to be last season they played uh, midway through the season. I remember Fern, she played for Wales in that game. And Wales actually held their own for a first yeah, fair chunk of the game uh, at the end. But to see the progression of what the Welsh team has done in the probably be about 16, 17 months from that game to the next one. And we we saw how England have pushed on after that first game against France because England had the similar thing against France. Uh, the back end of last season, before the World Cup, they played France. It was quite a close, tough, physical game at the Halliwell Jones. And then a few weeks ago when they played France again, Stu's New England team just... It was boring at one point. They were just scoring for fun. Yeah, so that shows... See how Wales have gone? I, I was looking at that before the match happened. I was like, nah, so, some of these players probably at ages where they're going to go, you know what, I'm probably not going to put an England shirt on again. I'm going to leave everything I have on this field. And you've got yeah. other players who are going, you know what, I've got years in me and I want to make sure that I'm in the plans permanently. Yeah. And I think what was good for, um, for the Welsh side is that's where Beth Dainton's from, isn't it? Yeah. The girl who's gone to eat because did she play against England last season yeah she was amazing she's like a house on fire yeah her, her, her defensive works one of them like when you want people in with a tackle with you it's probably her you're going to want weird because she's going to jump in front of you and t- take that person down on a ones because yeah 
powerhouse. The setup on Leeds, isn't it? Yeah. Hardcastle side, Beth on the other side. Like, I know they've got players all over the pitch, but when you look at the back row especially, you got two hard hitters in there, two physical lasses. So, yeah, it was good to, to see she's come obviously from the Welsh side and she's pushed on and making a name in, in the top three of Super League. So, yeah, it's it's good to see that Welsh side is pushing on. Well, let's see how much they can push this year. There's the interesting thing you go this season. York are taking it. Leeds are having a bit of a reshuffle. They'll probably come good. Saints have gone quiet. Everyone goes, oh no, they've had their time. Their time's done. Suddenly start looking like a revitalised team. Yeah. They, they look like... You go like that. Yeah, they've, they've lost two of the best centres in the country. But they also had two of the best centres in the country playing out of position dropping back into there and you go actually they're still showing the oils back on fire again yeah there's, there's there's a fair few of them if you look just on paper they've got pretty much an England pack yeah on paper people who represented England or Ireland still in that team so I think obviously losing deck was a big thing for them um Matty's obviously come in, different coach, different style of coach as well, former player. So yeah. he's obviously trying to get his ideas and that'll obviously be different, I'm, I'm assuming, compared to what Deck was coaching like. And you, you've got to think that eventually their players will stand up. And the result we saw against Leeds the other week, I think we'll, we could see a few more of them. So, yeah, it's, uh, I know Warrington ran them close in the first half a few weeks ago. Um, but then it seemed like the the Saints team came after half time and they'd fixed up a few things and then that result from theirs just seems to carry on. That's it. They've got players in that squad, but they know how to grind the result out. They know how to, in a split second, take a match away from somebody. Yeah. It's. And I think the other you got Say coming back, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, what a player. A shortage of halfbacks. She's come back into the frame and first start man of the match. Seems to be doing everything off the pitch and training hard and trying to get herself back to where she was because before she did a leg, that was when the Saints team was just dominating. And yeah. that left edge for them of, I think at the time it was Gaskin, Rudge, Hardcastle. Um, they were just Danny Bush on the wing, scoring for fun. So if they can get her back to anywhere near the form from that season then, you know, you start looking at the backs and thinking, OK, they've got a set of backs. They've got some young kids in there. Young Taylor. Uh, she yeah. looks like she's a bit of a player. Great kicking game on her. Um, so, yeah, Ebony as well. You know, I'll give her a little shout-out to Ebs. Like, watching her develop over the last couple of years that I've known her. Um, trains the house down. But what I like with Ebs is I think she's shown a lot of the girls in the Women's Super League that that England pathway is alive. Um, started off on the bench for Saints got a chance last year when Danny Bush got injured took the chance scored in the Challenge Cup final then got put into the Knights team played well for the Knights pushed through to England made a debut scores on debut so for other girls watching thinking you know, what's it going to be like under Stu for this tier and girls getting through to the team knowing you can look at a player who's only, she's only a young kid but she's made that transition through the pathway all the way up to scoring on a debut 
at the Halliwell Jones. Like, what more could you want? If you're a player, that's motivation. It is one thing I'm liking at the moment, though. I'm going to matches, not even top flight Super League matches. Who am I seeing at them? Stu Barrow's there. He's watching. He's finding. I remember Chris Chapman doing this, and Chris Chapman were on earthing diamonds left, right, and centre. Because he was going and seeing and going, actually, I I can see fundamentally you have everything I need in that position. Yeah. We'll have a look at you. I've seen it before. You've even seen it as a player. Yeah. I mean, I've got nothing, but I worked with you uh, when I was with the men's and lads team at Warrington. So I've known him for quite a few years and I know what he's about as a coach and he's all about process. If you stick to process, you'll get results. Uh, so seeing him at the games, I, I was watching the game on YouTube the other week that he was commentating on uh, the students versus teachers. Yeah. And you see kind of sticks. And it just, it must be such a boost for some of the young players in there, for the students and some of the teachers as well. You know, he might not get a chance to go and watch their team because, you know, if he isn't focusing on around the top six teams, if you're in the Super League 2, and you're playing for that teachers or the students, you know, the England coach is there. Yeah. You make a name for yourself. And, th- and this, it's this is the thing, like, I, I keep well, saying to people with these England teachers things, oh, is it worth doing, is it worth doing? Go ask Vicky Moll if it was worth doing. Go ask a load of the players with the England team now. Tara Stanley was playing for students worth doing. Go ask them. And yeah, 100 some, some, some players have took the options of not being bothered to play in these squads where they're eligible for. Yeah. And then they'll go, why have I not been selected for England? Has he seen you yeah. play away from your teammates? Has he seen you yeah. go out of your comfort zone? You know, I agree. you've got to do stuff like this. Yeah, I think it's also good to see that he's not just picking girls from Super League 1. Uh, Billington, second time being called up to the training squad, into the team, and she's a Super League 2 player. So, I mean, clearly she's got talent to play in Super League 1, but Feb aren't there yet. I think they will be after this season, but for girls in Super League 2, knowing that there's someone in the second squad again, who's in that league, it's got to give you confidence. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to add it as well. You, you go, arguably, it's a weird one. So, we were talking off air about attendances. Some teams are getting good attendances now. They're building, like, really... And it's not always the teams you're expecting. Like, when when people are going, who, who's, like, probably the fastest building teams attendance-wise? And I go, Salford and Sheffield. Because they've gone from attendances of literally tens into the hundreds already yeah. within two years. Yeah. Well, I watched Salford play Alton in the final last year, and although Alton pipped them, um, I was signing the stands and looking how many Salford fans there actually were. But one yeah. thing you've got to give to Salford is their social media is good. Like They do, do, do push all the content out. They, they let you know who the players are. So when people see them, they, they've already got an idea of you know, five, ten of the players. Well, look, look at that. And it... Turning up to big events in tracksuits and getting... Yeah. I, I said this when, when England were playing, I was like to some teams like, you, you've turned up to watch, why aren't you in tracksuits? There's there's lulls in the games where they'd love to put a camera on somebody and goes, that's X, Y, Z. Mm. There's so-and-so turned yeah, up, there's... Yeah, and Salford seemed to do that really well. Uh, Sheffield as well. 
looking at the crowds there, getting it. I know uh, Dobbo's done a lot of work from before it started, but it seemed to be paying dividends. You, and you they go, just seem to like be growing. There you go. They're like a quarter of the men's crowd now in two years. Yeah. And then the playing. Yeah. The men are playing at the same time as the women are playing at separate places. So it's not the same people. These are I, I went to them versus Wakefield and the interesting thing was there might have been a crowd of 100 and 80, 90 of them might have been Sheffield fans. Well, there were Sheffield fans because they all had kit. They all... You know, there were no ball or ball girls there or ball boys. Yeah. And the Sheffield fans were doing it. And again, if you're willing to put the work into the community and build the experience for the fans, because you know people people want to do something. Not everyone wants to sit in the house. So if you give them an option that's fun, it's entertaining, it gets the kids out of the house, and you can get behind something. People love the tribal mentality, and when you support a team, it's that tribal mentality. And if you're making it a fun environment where you can go down, and rugby's always been the family sport. So you, if you give them something, people will come. It might take a bit longer to get a few fans through the door. But if, you, if there's facilities and there's something for them to do, and I think Feb do it really well. Um, when you've been able to watch them, you see their crowds and how committed people are. And it's not just like it's the men's fans. They know a lot of players as well. And they're really, really passionate about it. Well, that, that's it. You, you go like, Feb Bradford, originally the two big teams with... Why Saints get a good crowd as well? Because when they were fat, oh, the same people have moved over with them. Yeah. And you get... You, you get teams, but now of course of five hundred are going to turn up to everything they do. Yeah, and it's going to make it, when when we're, when they're going for TV deals, and there's a transparency going. Okay, every team averages out at six hundred, so we know you're not going to be giving us millions. We know you're not going to be giving us hundreds of thousands, but it'd be nice for us to go back to our sponsors going for this match. We're going to have yeah, yeah. x amount watching us on this channel or that channel. Maybe maybe that's how we turn the game semi-professional properly. Yeah, and <laughs> I think it's just getting people in who know what they're doing when it comes to advertising. Yeah. Um, I still think the best that I've seen anyone do it from a club uh, to date was when uh, Seb was doing it at Cass. Yeah, so, Seb like, was. At I, that time, hand, crowds. Hands down, the man, because he knew he'd gone and studied it and he knew you put things out at a certain times because that's when the most people are online. It's not 12 o'clock on a Monday, midday, because people are at work. So you put on the evening on this one, you do it on this, you let people look at that, you've got a higher right reel of this, and it doesn't need to be longer than like a minute because any more than a minute you get less views. And it was yeah. absolutely... that. If, if you go, from, where was the explosion in women's rugby? It was Castleford 2019. That was yeah. the boom moment when, for league matches, teams were getting over a thousand. Yeah, and it's it can't be that overlooked as the, the way to grow the game. And I think at the minute now, Warrington have just employed a lad, uh, Kyle, um, and he's actually doing some really good stuff on on their social media. Uh, he's just done the, the second fan voted player of the month just to get fan engagement and they get four options each month and he does it on social media, his videos that go out and when I was listening to him talk about how he was going to set things up, like it was a different world. Like for me, I'm, I'm quite old school and quite poor on my socials 
uh, do you put stuff out whatever time and people see it they see it whereas he's he's obviously doing this as a degree so hopefully they start seeing crowds of you know a thousand plus and selling out Vicky Park for them here's the thing if you're listening right now if you're listening to this podcast and you're doing media or you're working backstage for a women's team go on the Open University it's what I've done go on the free courses go on advertising work through them understand what they're saying you're going to come out with a much better knowledge of general advertising because it will teach you this is the keys to success. You've got to know what it is, how much it's worth, who you're aiming it at, where it's going to. If you just, you don't shoot an arrow into the dark hoping to hit something. Yeah. It's, and I think the other side is if, if someone's a coach or a manager and you've got to remember the students out there who are in third year uni or second year college of media degrees and even things like sports massage where like when I was coming through sports courses, you, you have to get experience. So the students looking for experience everywhere, you can use your team as a project. Honestly, and we've had sports massage, had to get experience for six, 12 weeks. Give them the experience and add something to your team. It helps the professionalism of it, but the media students especially, because they can use it as a project for their final year like studies. So it just seems mad that teams still aren't taking advantage, and especially the teams who've got players that you know, you should be showing highlights of and they should be putting more media content out and like just looking at videos that have worked in the past for other teams and you've not got to reinvent the wheel but just helping with the advertising of the sport because it deserves to be shown. It really does. And that, that again that look look what Seb were doing at you. He built a thing up so where he like if everything had held together at Cass, all their videos have had a sponsor, all their posts have had a sponsor there were big enough crowds where they would have had individual money coming through the doors to keep that team as it was in a flow. But obviously, Cass, even the men aren't in a good place anymore. Yeah. I think it's one thing after another for different teams at the minute. And I think that's what I like. I mean, I love learning. I know we speak off air about... I love talking to people, talking to coach players, seeing what they think of different things. And I think... Obviously, what happened at Cass, what's gone on at Wakey, the, there's two teams there that if there are people wanting to get involved in a project, there's your teams straight away. And Cass have started, uh, and on Matt last year was doing a lot of work, and um, it was good to, to watch them get their first win last year. Um, that Wakey was about, when, 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 when they won that last year, that was one of the best crowd reactions I've ever seen in person. Yeah, that that was up there with England's think, opener, with all the school kids going ballistic for everything they were doing. Yeah, and I think because they've been absolutely hammered in some fixtures, and I think there was only like one player left. One there. Yeah, at one point uh, they were just they were uh, just playing Valley. There was just Valley. So like, if you go for players who have played at Castle were still there. You got Maisie Lum who's come back, no longer a winger, yeah. playing number thirteen, getting very good at it. I'll give her that. She is yeah. getting very good. She's still very tough. You got Valley there. You got another few young players who are coming through, and you go. You know what, mate? Maybe in a couple of years, you you've still got fans. You're still getting five hundred plus attendances. Yeah. Even when they know you're not going to get the result. Yeah, 
we, yeah. we were there against we were there against Saints one when there was still quite a big big crowd yeah. yeah and I think like I've got a lot of respect for Varley because you know uh, I've coached Kaylin so I don't think she'll mind me saying it stature wise she isn't the biggest player no like she's not someone who you look at who could we use as an example like a double big personality big legend of the game like if she was the one player left in her team, other people would rally around her. She's yeah. a physical presence. Like everything about her, people would rally around. Whereas Caitlin, people look at her, she's only small. Does, but she does not back down. People put the bomb up for her because she's got her goggles on, thinking that she's going to be intimidated. That kid literally tries her hardest every single game. Well, look and, at- I mean, <laughs> we played the tour. did not back down once from anybody. We- so I've got, I've got respect. Because she could have just up and gone. Look at how that Waller last went at Cass against Saints. Back to back on. Remember that? Went on, went on Rudgeon, went straight on. Hoyle straight after. She got a receipt from him, but. Yeah. No, no, but again, just. You see people like Farley who are obviously leading the charge. She's not going to take a backwards step despite being one of the smallest if you're across most Super League teams. But that winger, when we watched that, I was like, it doesn't surprise because her captain does the same thing. Yeah. So I think a few of in that team need to, to follow suit because it was great to watch. And like you say, like you're picking two of the hardest players in the league. She went at Rudgy, tried to go at Shona. She got levelled out, but fair play to her for taking the challenge on. She yeah, was not backing down. That's it. She, she, she put tackles in that hard, but England internationals had to write her a receipt for it and go, OK, next time you get the ball, unfortunately, you're going to get that back. Fair play to her, like she, reputation. She wasn't afraid of pe- people, and I think Rudgy and Sean and knowing the kind of people they are, they, they probably have respect for her as well. Yeah, they're, they're someone actually standing up because I think was it Vicky Witt who went eighty meters. Yeah, absolutely. Just it seemed parting of the Red Sea. Um, and you know, no disrespect to Vicky Witt, but you don't see many props going eighty meters, not really with a hand being put on them. But yeah, the winger. Um, I, I need to know her name because she's a great kid. Um, just, it was good to watch that. Not everyone just Lauren Waller was the her name. Off the... Who was it? Waller. Waller. Yes. I know you tell me every time we talk about it. No, that, that's um, not really bad. See, you go like teams at Castle, they're like not in the best of places now. When you go, you know what? You've got enough young players there. They're all young. Yeah. The ones who stick through the process are getting better. They got better than the one last season. Yeah. You know, once I know cast men put a thing about like rumors on social media about ownership, and that's never ever a positive thing to see when clubs have to make statements about ownerships, and that's not great. But I think the positive you take out of it is that young Waller, like. She obviously made a name for herself because she's not been afraid. And I think if she stays in the game, um, if Cass push on, I think she'll ride that wave. But it won't surprise me if other teams look at her and think, you know what, we, we've seen a player. Because there are players in that Super League too. Oh, yeah. Who step up into Super League 1. Uh, I think a, f- a few of my favourite players who have gone to Warrington came from Super League 2. And, you know, you wouldn't have necessarily looked at them in the teams that they were at. But now 
they're in a Super League One team and you're like, okay, it's fantastic. Clearly got ability and I think girls are going to, I think that Waller's going to get big minutes at Cass. So rather than just sitting in the stands at her team not playing, she's going to be able to develop and get those minutes under her belt. So I've got time for that. That's how I look. I've, I've had people, oh, what do I do? Do I, do I play every week or do I go in this team and go play for the under-19s? And I went, well, in what sport is it better not to play the sport? It's always better to play. Yeah. And I think some people just enjoy being able to tell their friends that they play for a certain team when they don't actually play. Yeah. They've just got the track suit. Um, but those girls, like, like you say, the younger ones who are getting the minutes and might not necessarily be going home telling their friends the game wins, but they're getting minutes under the belt. They're, they're learning about the game and learning about themselves and developing physically. Because that's the other side. If, you, if you've not played all season, then the one chance you get, you've not played for three, four months, you've got no match fitness. And then when you start taking those big knocks, it hurts a lot more. That's with it. the way the game's fit. There's some big, strong girls about these days. There's very few jobs out there, and it's very hard to keep yourself in the gym in match fitness. You'd have to be training like an absolute psychopath. Yeah. You getting knocked about in training is one thing, but getting knocked about in a match for eighty minutes is is another. Yeah. And it, I think it's it's conditioning your body to to take that beating and not let your own performance and standards drop I mean I've seen players who have got all the skills in the world but once you've knocked them about a couple of times that skill level starts to drop that speed that they've got starts to drop and you know they're not necessarily 80 minute players you'll get a good 10-15 out of them but because they don't do the extras as soon as they start taking a couple of hits you start seeing them shy away I've, I've changed my opinion on something that's happened in women's rugby and I remember, so they put the thing where you can't play till you're like getting older now. Like, I remember a few years ago there were so many teams that were just full of 16 year olds because there were no numbers, there were no players. You've got to think we probably, in, in the amount of players involved in the sport, we're probably times five. In the, like, literally, we've got players who come in older and want to join in, younger players coming up because they've actually had someone to to look up to and they can see yep. it, it's visible. But I remember, I, I was thinking the other, other week, I looked at a few squads from 2018, you know, beginning of the Super League, yeah. and a lot of the young players don't play anymore because they were thrown in too early. And it's it's one of them things, yeah. that, what the clubs do, they go, we're just not going to fulfil fixtures because you can't do that. Like, you're going to get punished for not fulfilling fixtures. Yeah. It's... I think it's good for those young kids to not be put... If you're 16 and you're lining up against an Amy Hardcastle, yeah, you've played one game before, she's absolutely charging down. It's not going to help you. Look. But I think, for me now, the physical game's coming on. Obviously, that's why I focus on more than the skill side and watching how girls are developing themselves. And Yeah, it's been... It's interesting to see just in the four years I've been here, uh, how the attitudes change to it all, and also how the body shape of a lot of players are changing, and watching like as positions start to to change, the physical attributes of positions are starting to change. So yeah, it's 
it's obviously what I geek out all about a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's it's good. It's going to be interesting where it goes from here as well. That's it. You, in the last say six years, very few players can get. If I, I don't, I'm going to put go out on limb. Not a single player can get away without going to the gym anymore and perform at the top level. Yeah. No, I think if you... You might get one or two gifted freaks who if, can just do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think eventually it'll catch up to you. And you, If you're not doing that, you're putting a ceiling on your ability. Because like I say, there's probably a couple of players who are doing the bare minimum because genetically they've got some speed... They might be a little bit gifted with a couple of attributes, but there's that many girls training hours away from the team, and either you're just not going to make it because soon as like I say, those little knocks start to come. And if you look at like the elite players, you look at the the Jodies, the Hardcastles, the they're not not training. Which, Shona, like, is, is that what I was saying? Hard hard work beats talent, but when talent trains hard, it's unstoppable. Yeah. And I know some people always say, oh, why do people post like what they're doing in the gym? But I mean, I love it. I love watching when people are lifting ridiculous numbers. As long as they're doing it with technique and they've developed properly or people are doing some big power sessions because you're actually seeing what it takes now to be at the top. Yeah. And some of the younger girls who are starting to look at the older girls and say, okay, you know, why are they still playing and why, why are they playing at the top? Like, there's some girls who are like 30 plus. And they're, they're in the best shape of their life. They, they seem to be getting better and better. And then when you look at what they're doing away from rugby, they're doing all the prehab and all the extras in the weight room. And like you say, if you want to play at that top level, there'll be no one in the England first team or Knights that isn't doing extras away from the team. And if they are, then I can't see them lasting that long because they're probably there with natural genetics. And eventually that'll get taken over. That seems like... so. Things that teams are doing now off-field are unbelievable to, compared to what they were. You just hit the nail on the head with prehab. Train things so what, reduce the risk of injury. Learn how to use it. It's, getting a PT is expensive. It's really expensive, but sometimes it's the best thing you can do. There are PTs out there, but will do group sessions for small groups. Yeah. If you're all chipper fivering and go, we want to do it for four weeks and learn what we're doing and we're just going to go with that. That's a good way to do um, it. I've had it before where I've had uh, three in a session Yeah. where they've all got full jobs and they've all said, look, can we come in? They're going to be on a similar program. Obviously, we tailored it a little bit on weights, but because they were similar positions, it was quite easy. But they used to turn up, developed a good, close-knit working group. And I won't go into names, but all three have had success in the big cup finals in the past few years. And they're not even the girls that I've, I mean, on my social media, you can see some of the bigger names from when we were training uh, through COVID and just after. But yeah, there's girls who want to come in and want to do the extras and aren't necessarily so big on the social media side of it. Um, but I think one of my biggest things I've been proud of since doing like, the SNC in the women's game was last year, I, as an SNC and physio, we're judged on soft tissue non-contact injuries and for the cup final against Feb our head coach had a fully fit team to choose from unheard of like no injuries at all which was a pain for him in one aspect 
because he had 26 players to choose from. Whereas I know some of the other teams that we played against in that cup final run, they barely had a 17. They were like scraping a 17 together each week. Yeah. So for it, me, it, I was really... It was 17 players and two players held together with tape. Yeah. So we'd done everything possible that when we turned up to the cup final, I mean, I know we'd, we were favourites to win it anyway and we had some really good results. But to actually be able to say, you know what, here's a fully fit team, have, have a headache... That was really proud for me. So I think other teams need to see the value, but the players, even if their club aren't making a big deal of the prehab and the S&C side, just being able to do that yourself. Um, and there's, there's plenty of stuff out there. There's some good online stuff you can learn from, but I think if you, like you say, get yourself a PT. And there's some great ones out there. Yeah. I'll there are know. some really good ones out there. There's, there's quite a few now who specialise in rugby. If if this is, this is one thing that... If you are if you're a student or you you you're a mother with children and you, you can't afford a lot, you can go to classes. Yeah. There's say, say bu- budget gyms like twenty. You could join for like twelve pound at some of them, and you know yeah. go have and go. Okay, I don't know what I'm doing myself. I'm gonna go do a circuit class. I'm gonna go do a yoga because that's my prehab. That's me getting myself putting my body back into position. You know. If you're training twice a week and play, you only need to do twice as long as it's hard. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is the intensity. Uh, I'm not shying away from like the key lifts, but I think most teams now have got an S and C yeah. or someone of who's similar qualified. So I think if people just talk to them, and uh, I know there's some coaches that'll do home programs for people, which will give you a benefit as well, but. I think it's more just making sure you're not getting injured because if you're playing Sunday, when Tuesday rocks up, usually you're probably still going to be sore. So how quality is a training session come a Tuesday? And then it's what you're doing away from the club. Um, and I, I'm a big thing. And I, I've always spoke to girls of different clubs where they'll message over for advice. And I usually put on my social when I'm sat with a little fella and he's not sleeping. If people have got any questions and yeah. some interesting questions get sent through but a lot of the time it's like leg exercises for and there's a lot of injuries so many knee injuries in the game because people aren't doing the prehab but most knee injuries you can prevent as long as they're non-contact if you're doing the work obviously if you if you get tackled and you land awkward there's not much you can do about that but as long as you're doing the work and you're giving yourself the best chance um yeah it's there's a lot of progress you can make it's it's one of the things like there's so many good people involved in this sport, but if you ask for help, you're probably nine times out of ten going to get it. I mean, if you go yeah. to someone, can you PT me, PT me for free? You're probably going to be told where the door is. But if you go, look, I have no clue what I'm doing. Do you know anyone in my area? Do you know anyone what I should be? Someone's going to point you in the right direction. Someone from your club will probably go like, oh, go see so-and-so at so-and-so club. Hey, 100%. And even after this, if anyone's in that boat where they want... To train, but they don't know who to to trust or who's reputable. I know someone in most areas of the northwest, especially so the Wigan area, St Helens area, Warrington area, Manchester area, up in Yorkshire. There's loads of good coaches out there, and I'll always point them in the way uh, of a good S and C, so they're not going to someone who has done a weekend qualification and calls themselves an S and C. That's the the big pain. I've had a lot of girls who've come to me with injuries. 
and they'll tell me what their PT's been getting them to do. And it gives you nightmares. Just as soon as you look at the programme, you're thinking... I, I, I learned more in my first year working in fitness than I did on my PT course. Yeah. Because I became a sponge and took off everybody. Yeah. There's a, what, what the people need to understand is there's a big difference between getting a PT who's used to doing people for fat loss or bodybuilding and an S&C coach who's going to get you ready for sport. Yeah. And a lot of PTs will tell you they can do the job, <laughs> but realistically they can't. And when people have brought programs to me, you can work out if it's a proper S&C or if it's a PT who specialises in fat loss or bodybuilding. One of my friends have been to Olympics twice. He's done for GB and then gone. And he's a, a running coach, a sprint coach. He's a, a leg positional coach. And I said to him, why aren't you just going from sports club to sports club, doing a couple, couple of months on training blocks with players? He went, well, I, I don't know where to start. Went, Social media put it out there. Like, I need, I'm looking for five rugby yeah. players, three footballers. Because that's all he does. He, he, he analyses running from start positions to... Yeah. And, yeah, you just said, like, there's so many it different a... things people do PT-wise. Sometimes you've got to yeah. make sure they're fit. There's a great uh, running mechanics coach uh, based in Leeds... Uh, I th- he works with the Leeds men's team, so I'm guessing he's done some work with the women's team. I think his name's Dan. Uh, his social media is great. He has loads of drills on there. Uh, I'm sure I've seen a couple of the England Leeds players working with him as well, the girls. Um, so, yeah, there's there's loads of people like that who, you know, if you just go on the social media, you're going to get the general gist of the drills that he's yeah. using. Obviously, he's not going to tell you bets and sets, sets and meters, but, you know, you'll get an idea and a flavor of what you should be doing. And then there's there's other good S and C coaches like I mean I love following some of Annalise's stuff. Annalise's quality. Like she's she does a lot of stuff uh, on movement prep for players. She's worked in the women's game. She's she's very knowledgeable. Um, worked in women's game. Women. Worked in women's football. She specialised in women's sport. Yeah. Um, the other one is uh, from Wigan. I think it's called Tackle It on Instagram. Um, I know George Wilson was training there. Uh, some really interesting stuff on that one as well. So there's there's loads of good coaches out there. Um, it's just people need to find the right one. We need we we need we need to sit down and have a, a thing. We we should set up like the the women's <laughs> fitness hub where we yeah. get a list of all these just, people and like make it searchable for area and yeah. And I think a lot of the time people are just afraid to ask. Like, if anyone ever inboxes me and says, like, can you point me in? I'm, I'm always going to reply to someone. Like, even though it, I've worked for different teams throughout the years, and if you're going to help someone, I think you've got a duty to try and push the game on. Yeah. And why you wouldn't want a player, like, develop themselves and develop the game. It's it's not something I would ever do is say to someone, I'd try deliberately send them to someone bad. Like, for me, there's, there's enough people out there where there's work for everyone. And I think if we help each other and help the game grow, then people start trusting you and trust your opinion. Um, but yeah, this, I think it's the way the game's going to go. Is It is going to become more athletic. And yeah. we're starting to see that now with... You look at the Aussies. They're always going to be held up as the best. 
they're just athletes, all of them. Regardless of like the talent they've got skill-wise, as, a, as an athlete, they're absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, once we've got, they're a few years ahead of us, once we've got a similar program where girls are full-time, and it'll be interesting to see the difference in uh, Rochi, Holly Dodd, and Fran when they've come back from Australia, and even if they've just had a year of being a full-time athlete and seeing what that does physically to them. Because it it's going to be a complete different game for them. It's, it's going to be one of them. Like they, they, they come back, and on last episode, I talk about like why they had to go. Well, the opportunity is not like rugby league in Australia is the bee's knees. It's the top. We we have yeah. to we have to be honest in this country. We can't sell out St James's Park. No, and that that's that's sometimes sometimes we need to look at like what what's going on. Okay, yeah. The demographic of the people in the towns that we we mainly cater to has dropped. The jobs have dropped, so people have moved away. People from different backgrounds have come in, and rugby's not their priority. And they're not. I, you, another one that you go to some of the teams around where I live, large Eastern European communities, and there is absolutely zero interaction with them. They've never seen a singular. You go in their shops; they have proper community notice boards. They have proper. I've never once seen anything for rugby, especially one of them, which is a hundred meters away from these shops. There's again, there's teams that are missing a trick with recruiting, and it's. I think the game's going to develop faster in those areas. I think eventually will have to be targeted because there isn't as much of a talent pool over here. No. Um, over. There's a bigger talent pool to choose from. Um, and then when you look at the money that's over there and they've got better access to gyms, to fields, and you know, first and foremost, some teams don't even have a proper field to train on. Well, here's, here's another one we have. In the next season or so, we'll have a, a cap top league. First time ever going to cap the league and no one can get promoted and no one can go down. In rugby league, never been a good thing. No. Initially, for the first couple of years... The quality of player will go up and up and up and up and up. But then anyone outside of where these top teams are, the pool will shrink, it'll dry up, and eventually, because you can't go anywhere with it. It happened in men's rugby league, they capped it, and a lot of these teams now that suffer is because the fans got this, the people in the towns didn't care anymore, and they still, to this day, can't get back. Yeah. To where there was, and this is with thousands yeah. of pounds in. Yeah, I don't like it when there's no relegation. Yeah, like you've you've got to want to to win a game because you don't want to be relegated. And even if it comes, even if it was something as simple as like when they do the or they used to do the million pound game. Yeah, and they came bottom of the top league of the top league played the top of the one below. So even if you'd lost every game, you still had to keep going for that season because that million pound game was coming. Well, what they what they, uh, should, what they uh, should do is the, 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 do it. Top half splits off the bottom half, bottom four team. Bring the super eights back for the women, and then yeah. you get the top teams will be in there, and you can have a. So you at the moment you've only got so many teams who could possibly win it. They go off and go to win it. The other teams have a battle at the bottom. Makes it interesting. You probably get. People wanting to watch it on television. 
you probably get people yeah. from outside the sport interested and you go okay the two teams that were sat at the bottom weren't as good as the two teams sat in the championship yeah. next season they'll swap round and they'll swap again and again and again relegation's horrible we all know it's horrible but if you want teams to perform and players to get better you need to not let people to be able to just sit happened when men's super league were capped how bad it got for some of the bottom teams because yeah. could just didn't have to recruit didn't have to pay anybody didn't even, some of the teams got rid of the youth set up sections because they didn't have to have them anymore yeah I think it, what was interesting then was when you said uh, the bottom teams of the top league and at the minute it's like who would you call as being if you said the bottom two teams of Super League 1 how could you call who the who's going to finish top four who's going to finish yeah. in the bottom the, the teams in in that Super League 1 uh, I think especially in that league at the minute it all seems to be there to play for that's it go like you get rid of relegation and you could have players who are at a level a few teams down but one day could be England superstars and because they can't get there and they don't want to leave the mates they'll just turn around and go you know I'm not, not, not. it's happening in women's rugby union they're having big trouble because of this I think it's at the minute that top six I think after this week or sorry next Sunday's games it'll be interesting I think we might have a bit of an idea of who those bottom two teams could be and then there's some really interesting fixtures coming up this week because you've got is it Saints Wigan yeah Watton Huddersfield you'll see where everyone yeah because is this the week where Leeds and York won't have a game because they played yeah, they played the, the opening thing yeah. of the feet, so it's not. Yeah, so I think Warrington Huddersfield, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Wigan seem to have been getting better and better as the weeks have gone on. Um, against Saints, they've just had a good result against Leeds, so that's going to be interesting. Like Wigan getting all the players back and, and Saints keep that momentum going. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a big it's... week. It's interesting because these matches are getting more and more attended. They're watched more and more. Yeah. If you want to feel positive about the sport, go a few years ago. If you had two of the top teams in the country played, I attended the match and there was less than 60 people there. You fast forward to now, a match between the two is over a 1,000 you can put it as a double header, get ten thousand in front of the, these pe- in front of people to yeah. watch it. Everything's moving in the right direction. It might not go fast, and the rules not going to be smooth, but we'll get there. Yeah, and I think it's both fixtures this week. There's a lot riding on them as well. Yeah. So, um, I think obviously Saints Wigan, the local derby. Uh, Huddersfield, Warrington, like Warrington, obviously the newbie in that top league. Huddersfield been there for a couple of years. They want to obviously set their standard out as um, they're they've got players and in that England. They had a, de- a, de- a decent run against. They had a decent match against Wigan. They probably as yeah. Huddersfield realistically go, who can we take this season? They go, like, oh, we'll look at Wigan. We'll look at Warrington. They're our teams. We want to get. So yeah, yeah, they're. Matches where a few seasons ago we'd be like, 
No, now it's like okay, these are very important matches. Yeah, and there was there was a preseason friendly. Um, I was when I was with Warrington um, against Huddersfield, and that that literally went. Huddersfield scored a couple. Warrington got a couple. Huddersfield scored. Warrington scored, and it was back and forth all the time. And I think it was only in last sort of ten fifteen minutes. Warrington took hold of the game. Um, so I think Huddersfield would have learned a lot. Warrington would have learned a lot, and. Yeah, it's if Warrington can get a lot of their players back on the pitch, then it could be a really interesting game. Then Warrington need obviously with Danny Bound, get her back on the pitch, and she's a big part of their goal forward. Yeah, uh, Huddersfield Amelia Brown was out for a few weeks. I think she came back against Wigan, so just getting her some minutes in her legs, and um, she caused Warrington all sorts of problems in that preseason friendly. I think she's got the hat trick of identical tries so it's going to be interesting how they plan to cope with her and get the big middles back for, for Warrington as well that's it you go like you you look at Super League 1 and 2 now and Championship as well and pretty much every round if there's three matches on two of them are going to mean a lot yeah it's one, it's I, one I of the few things in... that's gone really well Super League Two is throwing up some some really interesting games. The the Fev Barrow game. Yeah. That's that was last year. It was good this year, but then this year now Lee seemed to have really stepped up. Uh, Salford have come into the league, and you know they've not come just to make the numbers up. I no, they're, they're coming. They're, coming. they're they're brought fans have engaged with people who are normally not engaged with rugby league whatsoever. They've gone out to the local community in Salford and around Manchester. Engage with communities there, got people involved, and you go okay. Some of these matches now with them, they can make it into a big match just by having five, six hundred people turn up, and you know yeah. force the issue. And I think if you look in those teams, well, yeah, those teams have got players that could play in Super League One. Yeah, I mean Lee. I mean, I'd take two of the Lee players straight away. Like in any team I was in, I would take two of them straight away. Uh, the Salford team. There's a couple that I'd take from there. Where they've got all the talent, but they, they're, they're really happy at the club. Is that the rap? But they've got abilities. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them interesting ones. Like Back in the day, the Women's Rugby League was like the big league. There were loads of teams in the top flight. And there was first and second tier only. And some teams battling. The what you've got now is... Winter League became the social league. Where you go play, get have a few pints with your mate, probably not train during the week, rock up. Pretty much up and down the league structure now, every team's got someone who's at a good quality. And this is from Super League down to League Two. The social aspect's still there, but the, the I don't know if it, whether society's changed as well, where the the young drinking culture's disappearing and people are wanting to to push forward and be fit and. Yeah. Healthy. Yeah. I think it's the, the scene that they're getting the opportunities to play against those top players. And um, I think the more people buy into it and little things like that drinking culture goes and people start taking the, the 1%ers more seriously away from training. And not just gym, evil. I just going out with, I, I see a few girls on the socials going out, just cone kicking. Yeah. Literally 
cone kicking, a really, really simple skill you can do on your own, but how many girls who are the, the kickers for their teams actually go out and are kicking? It wasn't done. None of them... They, just, they were either trained on, trained on small pitches from smaller, smaller posts, one of the right sizes, yeah. and it makes it difficult when you're changing the... It's like playing darts and having a dartboard not run, hung at the right height and not standing far enough away when you go do yeah. it properly. Your distances are completely off. Yeah. And I think you see with uh, Tara at yeah. York, like the confidence her team must have in her, no matter where she kicks from, you just always think she's going to get it. Because the one thing that she's not going to have to really worry about is the length of the kick. No, and she's she, practised and practised. She's someone who was, who was so hard on herself about her kicking game. And then you you know, but she's gone, and she's worked on it, and then she's worked on it some more, and then she's worked on it some more and more. And you go, 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 try watch a video of her kicking in twenty nineteen and watch it now, and you can see the work she's put in. Yeah, and I think it's also there's no pressure really on the York girls if they dive in in the corner, they know no. she can nail the kick. Whereas other teams, um, if they're scoring in the corner or they're going over the line, you're seeing their the teammates screaming at them Moving. to go closer to the sticks. So they're putting the pressure on them. I've seen a couple of girls knock on yeah. where they've gone to put the ball down and shouted to go closer to the sticks and as they've tried to re-stand up, drop the ball because the kicker or the team aren't confident at all that they're going to get the two points. So, yeah, it's, it's something that, again, just those little one percenters that you can go out and do on your own. And then, it sounds dad, but kicking off from kickoff sets and actually getting some distance on your kick. Yeah. And making it land where you want it to land and not just kicking it 15, 20 metres so the opposition just get the ball from there. Like being able to actually put a bit of fear into the team that's about to receive. That's it. That shit, this, this will go for anywhere. There's stuff you could do with your friends like that. If, if, if you've got players, like being under and catching a high ball is very important to everybody on the pitch. If you're kicking and your mates are here, go, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick over. I'm going to get you to catch it on the other side and sprint it into me. Yeah. And you do stuff like that and you could do it in training, pre, pre-training for like five, ten minutes every, all of you. Yeah. And, well, when I was at about the socials, like a girl who's just signed for Warrington, uh, Kim, she put one on the other day where she's not even the kicker for Warrington, but she was out taking cone kicks and I was like oh, I didn't even know you could kick but she could, she's got a boot on her and just where you, if there was a time where you're like okay regular kickers off the field who do we know who can kick well there's someone who's been out practicing in their own time yeah you, and it's such an important part of the game it's important for your teammates as well you turn around and go look so and so's hurt they don't want the kick they, we're having to nurse them through they don't really want to extend the groin because of played we could probably get them through the match or we don't want them... Will you take over? Yeah, I've been practising every week. I don't mind taking a few. Well, there's always a, a post about the the men's game. It'll be like, if the game's tied and you, there's a conversion to win it with the last kick of the game, who are you choosing to take the conversion? And the regular people, your Sinfield, Sneed comes up, Breezy comes up. But in the women's game... If that was the case, I think that you're only probably going to get two people who you would actually choose as, you know what, I I trust them to nail this kick. Yes. So, 
Yeah, some yeah, some of us definitely, definitely, definitely improving. It could probably be worked on more. Again, it's that thing where everyone's doing it in their own time, it's times are hard, but yeah. there is things in training that teams can do with that. Yeah. And most teams, if you, you should, you'll be allowed to turn up early. Yeah. Get your warm up done, get your cone, get your balls, and get onto the pitch before everyone else. If you've got that opportunity, if you can't go out through the week for work, family commitments, if you've got time before or after training, just to like nail 10, 15, 20 kicks. It's all going to help sharpen your game. Definitely. There's, there's, I, I'd, be, I'd be interested, if we listen to this in like four or five years' time, mm. what position it's in, because I guarantee we'll be like talking like, wow, we were dinosaurs, these guys are doing this as standard now. Yeah. And there, there are, it's getting better. And even from my side, like when I see girls post about what they'll be doing in the gym, and it used to be I'd see people just doing leg press or a seated um, quad extension or a hammy curl. And now I'm seeing girls squatting ridiculous numbers, deadlifting, benching, pull-ups. My, my best one um, was, and, you say, I'm off for a big cardio session, being on cross-trainer for 20 minutes. Just like, go on the rower. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing cardio-wise, just yeah. go on the rower. You, you, you can't really lose. Yeah, but again, it's it's that education that you know for people like me and the other SNCs, it's it's important that we try and put it into the girls so they know that when they are going to the gym, okay, if you've got thirty minutes, bang for your buck, this is the best thing you can do. If you've got an hour, this is what you can do, and just giving them all the tools so they can use it. And again, we'll see the game before without you saying. Four or five years, we'll probably look back and laugh that we had to talk about girls going on a cross trainer or doing like a, a leg extension. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it, I suppose it looked good for the mates if they're going in there, but they're not regular gym goers. They're, they're athletes and they're trying to train to be an athlete. So doing those movements aren't, you know, bang for your buck. It's, it's going to do something for you. It's going to give you a stimulus. But if you're wanting to sharpen your game, it's probably not the best thing. No. Well, we're at an hour and ten. Oh, wow. So on that bombshell, Matt, we've got news coming out from you hopefully later on this week. Yeah, I will drop that. Be. I will drop that on social media if it happens. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. We're going to get you on in a few weeks' time yep. to talk about what's going on in the game because... Like myself, Matt is someone who really cares, has been around a long time in it. He watches everything, he knows his stuff. Matt, thank you for coming on. Is there anyone to give a shout out to before you go? Uh, just the missus for having tolerance of me. Um, and I'll have to shout out the, the Warrington girls. Uh, obviously, not that with them anymore, but it was been good for the last couple of years. So... Yeah, I have to give them a shout-out because it has been a fun couple of years. Perfect. Thank you very much.